0: Welcome to another episode of the Talking Heads podcast with me, Saul Walker,
1: and me, Lucy Chamberlain.
0: With winter's arrival and dark evenings in good supply, this is the perfect time to gain your favorite gardening podcast fix.
1: To help you through the spring, Saul and myself will keep you entertained and informed with podcasts on wide-ranging topics such as winter pruning, propagation and planting. Plus, we'll provide regular updates on important industry developments, along with lively discussions on all manner of horticultural topics.
0: We'll aim to bring you two short 20-minute episodes a week, along with a longer bonus interview with a key green-fingered peer every month. As ever, if you have suggestions for episodes that you'd like to hear, please just tap us up on our respective Twitter accounts, at Gardening Saul and at Head Gardener Elsie.
1: We'd be delighted if you'd join us on this journey as we step inside the busy and exciting world of the modern Head Gardener. Hello Saul, so lovely to see you again. Hello! I hope life is very well. I hope you're keeping busy.
0: Oh, it's been cold. It's
1: been very cold. It has been actually cold here in Essex as well. They were threatening it, and uh, and there we go. I know we keep banging on about how, as head gardeners, people sometimes think that maybe in the winter we don't do an awful lot, and we're trying to make you all realise that actually we're pretty busy in the colder months. Please have we sympathy we... for us, please. Yes, yeah, exactly. Our little cold fingers and our soggy feet. Um, but we are. We do have an awful lot of stuff to do.
0: Yeah, in definitely. the colder
1: months. And I know we've mentioned that before. And um, one thing that uh, I've been doing in the last few weeks is, again, is going through any outstanding jobs that need to be done. Got this winter, winter to spring transition. There's things that definitely is still a winter jobs that haven't been done. There's spring jobs that need to be prepped for. And um, my team... So in my team now we have um, we've got Jade the apprentice we've got Nick we've got Ian my husband there's Adi cutting the grass I write this job list out because we're still in lockdown at the moment so we're still working separate days and it means that our communication is very much now rather than just seeing each other on site we have to work to lists. <laughs> and they are i've actually now um graduated into a word document as opposed to a handwritten list because my handwriting i thought maybe it's not legible so yes i know look at your surprised little face i am teaching on the brink of of becoming an excel uh convert so um but one thing my team do love doing is ribbing me a little bit because i come up with this list of jobs for a certain month and um They work their way through it dutifully. They're very obliging like that. They're super. And it's, yeah, hats off to them because it's a a big old long list. It's quite um, intimidating, but they're doing a cracking job. So if you are listening, any of you, well done.
0: Uh, And well done from me, even though I haven't seen the work (laughs) they've been doing. But I'm sure sure it's top quality work. No, you know, it's worth having at least some idea of the jobs you want to do, whether you're in our position as professional gardeners with large estates, which you know, by the nature require some kind of organisation because you just forget what you're doing else. But even if you've just got a small Mm. garden, it's a way of just identifying and tackling key jobs. You know, one of the things that... And I had my brother has just moved house, actually. And he's moved into a a larger property with a, with a, a substantial garden. I'm quite jealous of him, for one thing. But he he phoned me up to say, what shall I do? He showed me around the garden on his video phone. And he said, oh, what should I do? What should I do? And I just said to him, right, do you see that over there and that there? Focus on doing those two things. Mm. And you'll feel like you're making a, a sort of an effect on the garden because I think it can be a little bit. You know, uh, starting a new garden or, or working in a garden can be a bit of a sensory overload. Sometimes you'll try to take it all Absolutely. in, so it's really worth focusing down on a few things that you can definitely get done um, in the month. Because we, you know, unlike us who do fifty-hour or how many hour weeks uh, in our gardens, not not everyone. Maybe if you have a morning or an afternoon, and just focus on a few jobs and. And do write them down, you know, whether it is a list like Lucy or slowly getting onto the technological side or a spreadsheet like me. Uh, The other thing is it translates into a, a list that you can then translate to the next year and the year after. So you don't have to keep coming up with jobs. You can actually see what you've done a year ago or think about what you're going to do the year after because some jobs will lead on to other jobs that you're going to do in a year's time so it is worth having some kind of way of cataloguing exactly what you are going to do or what you've done in a garden.
1: Yeah I mean I still find that approach really useful for my own private garden um and I know you're the mm. same I and mean, we we both have yes. obviously estates to look after but I also use that approach now for my own garden with with we've we've got areas that we develop we've obviously focused heavily on our fruit and veg garden the last few years but now that area is essentially complete we're we're looking at other zones of the garden we've got plans this year to lay some turf down the bottom of the garden and put some decking up there's ultimately going to be uh, we're hoping a summer house stroke office there so you know that but but we're not thinking about putting the summer house in this year i think that would to me would be overwhelming mm. if we can just get the turf we've got some bare root hedging that needs to go in so that's our actually that's our priority job is to take out the old tree stumps get some bare root hedging stock in before we get to march then they look the turf down in march going into maybe april then the decking when then we can enjoy the that part of the garden which is actually a sun trap for the summer months and that's to me that's bite size, manageable, and um yeah, so we did draw up a list and it does work for your for your back garden.
0: So if anyone is drawing up a list and hasn't got any idea of what to put on that list, what are the kind <laughs> of jobs you are doing at East Donland right now or, or in the next few weeks?
1: Well actually I just I had I had a conversation with the owner this week because I was very mindful that the um, the bare root planting season is it's going to come to an end in March, yeah. or maybe going into April, depending on the what the weather what the spring un, how the spring unfolds but Although that seems to be a way off, what you f- do find is that actually the stock that you can get hold of depletes quite significantly, yeah. so for example, if you 're buying fruit, you might find that your favorite and most popular varieties tend to go out of stock or ornamentals it can be exactly the same if you're after a specific variety of a Woody plant, and mostly it's hedging sold as bare root, or you can get bare root trees as well. You know, that is something that I, I needed to have a conversation with the owner to clarify what my, my spend budget was and what varieties we were going to go for. Um, so that's now all clarified in my head, and I can crack on, um, in the next few days, get the ordering done because in my mind, it's actually already a little bit late, you know. We, so, so I've I, that's a main job for me. We're going to try and get all, um, all pruning jobs completed we're getting the greenhouses actually clean ready for the propagation season so that's quite a big task and then you've got things such as grapes that you know if they they bleed if they're pruned anytime in very early spring and so we've, we've completed all the grape pruning the clematis that are growing like crazy mm. we've got to jump in there and get those pruned um so yeah that's that's the jobs that Primarily, we're focusing on, there's a lot more, but I know you've got some too at Stonelands.
0: Yeah, we've got a got a fair few. One we started this week, and, and we have a different timing for this, I know, to East Donland, but uh, we've been starting to clear all the old perennial, uh, so, well, starting to clear the beds, in essence, chopping down all the old perennial stems. Um, one of the great things about this time of year is that, and we did a podcast, I think a couple of episodes, about weeds. Um, weeds tend to have mm. just a two or three week head start on the herbaceous perennials starting to come back so it's actually a really good time to get onto your beds uh, on a nice dry day avoid your beds when it's frosty or it's waterlogged because you can do a lot more damage than good but on a, a really nice day like we had uh last wednesday um you can get on and you can really start to work on the weeds, because you can see them, you know, they're, they're pretty green and they are sort of growing now. I did notice the bittercress had started germinating about a week and a half ago. So you, yeah. you can really get ahead of the game before all your major bulbs or all your perennials start sort of sprouting up. And then it gets just a little bit harder to, to discern what's what and you can do a little bit more damage to uh the newly forming buds on perennials you know th- things like peony um peonies and um
1: imagine slicing through that with your hand—that yeah, would be exactly
0: it's it's really worth just getting a march and you've got a window of about two or three weeks and that may be different uh if you're in different parts of the country yeah, of we understand that but there is sort of a, a a nice gap um and it's not too long so it's really worth getting on your beds now, I think. Start cleaning up and start that weeding process.
1: Well, do you know one thing that I find specifically very useful this time of year is the frost? If you know that you've got a frost coming, and we have got a couple of areas now where we've got things like um, pearlwort, which is a real nuisance weed, and we've got a rash of seedlings on the asparagus beds. So if you know there's a frost coming, you can give that area a really, a really kind of like rough hoe over. You know, you haven't got to be too pedantic with it because then if the frost comes, it will actually desiccate and really knock back those weeds. I do find there's a certain size, isn't there, with weeds that can be a real nuisance Mm, to get out by hand, you know, when they're small and fiddly like that. You've got to you've got to use your hoe. There's no other real way to get it done. Or flamethrower. I know we talked about those as well, the the, the burners. But um, sorry, flamethrower. That sounds like we're going to the circus, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> the weed burner. Yes. <laughs> you could, but yeah, that that I do find a frost very very useful if you know one's coming up for for that purpose.
0: Yeah. So if you if if you've got small borders, get out there and do them. You know, it's a nice sunny day. Get out and do them. The other thing you mentioned you were doing was pruning, and this is a, a good time mm. for those. That very technical pruning. So um, the, the, the one job I love doing every year. And uh, if you've been following the podcast for a bit, you'll know that I actually put a really nice video out last summer as part of the BBC, World, uh, BBC Gardeners World Live virtual show on wisteria pruning. I absolutely... Yeah. It's just... I, I, I love... Um, Pruning uh, wall climbers, where it's all about forming the framework and just getting them to look very pretty. You know, I I get quite upset when they start putting on leaves and flowers because you lose (laughs) the the formal arrangement that you've spent hours tying up on the wall. So uh, it's a really good time to do your wisteria pruning. Uh, I'm not going to go into the whole of it because that will take 10 minutes. But in essence, you're either cutting it back into spurs to uh, promote flower or you're tying in and promoting a framework. So any long stems that you want to train up onto a wall and cover an area, that's also what you want to be doing now. But um, uh, one of the nicest things is a nice warm sunny day. Uh, Last Wednesday, as I said, the sun was coming down and you're on a ladder and it's on your back and you're training in Wisteria. Uh, It's actually a really nice feeling and you do feel like spring is here. Uh,
1: That's your happy place, uh, isn't it? I, 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 and That's when I need to phone you and ask, you know, if I can get some money out of for this podcast. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking.
0: That ha- that happens on a daily basis. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, get up on your walls, train your wisterias uh, and your roses and Anything else that needs tying in, great time to do it now. Um and try and get there before the before the growth starts.
1: Well, this is the classic of choosing your job according to the weather. Yes. Because at the hall we have some south and west facing walls that are cloaked in on sunny days, mm. sunshine, but also they they are home to some wonderful climbing roses that we have at the hall. And and as you do with your wisteria, I get a real buzz out of really training beautifully and symmetrically. The climbing roses. Now we've done ours at the hall. We do tend to crack on with ours, um, as, as much after Christmas as we possibly can. But it's just such a delight when you step back and see them all trained, all looking. You know, beautiful the staples and the twine has gone in, everything's perfect and it's just, just lovely. Conversely, we have got some quite scruffy jobs that we need to do at the hall as well. One of them is facing back hedging. Now,
0: mm.
1: obviously, with hedging, we have to bear in mind that nesting birds are very soon going to be ha- colonizing these, these hedging areas. So we've got some rough holly hedging that's around the perimeter of the, of the garden. It's very informal. It's meant to be informal because that's the whole point. It's not in the manicured areas, but it needs to be faced back with a long pole hedge cutter. So that's jobs that need to be done imminently, as I say, more because of conservation and and protecting wildlife. That's the reason why we're getting in there doing it now. From the plant's point of view, actually, it might be better to prune it maybe in March, April when it's just coming into growth. But that's obviously a no-no when you you do think of nesting birds.
0: Yeah, it's worth getting evergreens. So if you've got yew, holly, laurels, Mm. really worth pruning them. Back Now, Um, like you say, just trying to avoid that bird nesting season. But also you will find that when March hits, you've got a lot of more other work. And, you know, getting on with these bigger jobs like the hedging. Um, For example, at Stonelands, uh, there's a river that runs through the garden. And uh, the previous owners had obviously planted a lot of cherry laurel to stabilise the banks. Unfortunately, that had been left to grow absolutely massive. So we've been every year... Doing what's known in the business as laurel bashing. I know that's that's that probably sounds on PC (laughs) now, I think. Yeah, it does. It does does sound a little bit like we should be doing something a bit nicer to them, but it's called laurel bashing. Basically, it means we take it to the ground. Laurel's great because you can take it to the ground and it will regrow. But uh, again, things like this, um, doing it with the cherry laurel, with the akuba, things like this, it's a great time of year to do it now because it's a big job. You can get on with it when it is a bit um well we found a new word actually this week didn't we called mumpish which means generally funky it's an 18th century word so now we're using it for when the weather isn't quite as nice as we want it to be
1: yeah a bit mumpish
0: but also if the ground is is frosted you know and you can't get on the boards you can't get on the lawns then that is another job you can get on with you can go and chop down things or or even do a bit of surgical pruning a bit of tree lifting bit of crown reduction things like this that's a that now is a great time to do that
1: Oh, Can I just step in as well, just thinking about, as you say, you know, very specific jobs that need to be done sooner rather than later. Deciduous ferns. We have quite a lot of them mm. at the Hall. We've got a lovely royal fern in the bog garden, which looks stunning in the autumn. So we do often leave it for its colours in the autumn. We don't tend to cut it back any sooner than that. Now, if you've got deciduous ferns in particular, then they're going to have been knocked back by the cold weather now. They just look like a brown mess. You want to actually get in there and cut those old fronds out before the new growth starts to come through. You'll find that actually those new fronds unfurling could happen any time from depending on where you are and if they're planted against a nice microclimate like a lovely sort of shelter wall, they might be coming into growth like late February going into March if you're in a coastal mild area. So, so that's the kind of job that you really need to focus on. Watch your plants and make sure that you do them sooner rather than later know your local area and your local climate it's the same with deciduous grasses you know um they will some some species will will throw their new shoots up very very soon um so if you've got things like this miscanthus melinia, steeper um and you haven't yet cut them back because they do look lovely in the winter don't get me wrong those flowers yeah, they when do. they're frosted are yeah. absolutely beautiful but if you leave it too late to trim them back hard what you accidentally do because you haven't noticed is that you'll cut off all the new growth coming through and you end up with a flat-topped grass, which is just not pretty in the slightest. So I urge you, look at your grasses at the moment, please.
0: And, and it's actually the same with some perennials. I noticed uh, Crocosmia and our daylilies, uh, Hemeroculus, has mm-hmm. all sprouted up. You've got almost an inch to two inch worth of growth already. So if you hadn't taken the tops off, you would take off the the new growth as well. Now, the last job I'm going to talk about um, is one that I think if you're a professional listening to this, you're probably going to agree with me. Well, I'm hoping you're going to agree with me. But if you are the amateur side, uh, you might think you're nuts. And I, and I know that our neighbours always think this is very weird because they'll hear the sound of mowers. Um <laughs> Tomorrow, I will be going out to mow the lawn. And I know that sounds bonkers. And it might be more my end of the country. I'll see what Lucy has to say in a second. But but, um, it's really worth getting out and topping your grass whenever uh, it has been growing. And I must say, although we're having a cold spell at the moment... We've also been having 15-degree spells. I must say, this year is going to go down as a year that really can't make its mind up in my in my books. You know, some weeks are warm, some weeks are cold. But when it is warm, the grass is growing. And I've noticed that it's getting... Reasonably shaggy, so it is worth getting out and topping your lawn. Now, when I say topping, what I mean is it's not your usual cut. So it's not down to the lowest height that you would do your lawn. You definitely don't want to do that because if you do get a frost, that will damage uh, parts of your sward. But it's worth taking maybe a few, um, depending on what your mower is like, we have sort of um, a level system on ours that goes from one to nine, I think. So it's worth taking up two notches and just taking off the top of the lawn. And that has many benefits. Um, Firstly, uh, one that people don't realise is it actually allows your lawn to dry out quicker. Uh, And especially if you live in my part of the world, waterlogging is quite a big problem on our lawns. Um, Like I just said, we live next to a river, so we're in a river basin. So it can get quite... um, wet and the soil can get quite waterlogged but when it comes to drying out if your lawn's quite long you're actually fine that it will stay wet longer so it's worth just topping off and then you'll get drying off a lot quicker it also just improves the quality of the grass in the long run so if you top it every three weeks to a month depending on what the weather's done then you'll just find that the sward will get a little stronger and you'll probably end up getting it a bit greener by spring. And it'll also be able to resist any early droughts. Last year, 2020, we had quite an early drought in the West Country. I'm I'm pretty sure it's the same for the rest of the country. It got quite warm and it was about three or four weeks without rain. And I was very lucky because our sward stayed quite green without me having to water it. And I think that was due to the fact that we had kept on mowing it right. slightly all the way through the winter and just strengthened it up it hadn't got too long and weak and then we'd whacked it back which is let's admit it what most people do but it goes that mm. yellow color and you can tell the lawn is yeah. suffering for a few weeks so it really is worth just keeping it ticked over so don't worry if your neighbor thinks you're nuts as you're going out with the fly mow or you're going up and down the lawn so
1: they they think that anyhow right? <laughs>
0: Well, you know, they think I'm even more nuts, you know. Um, but it is really worth getting out there and just giving your lawn a little bit of a bit of a cut. Do you do the same in Essex?
1: I do agree with you. I think that maybe because you are so mild where you are, and you did mention the other day that your temperatures were in the teens, and I was like, wow, that's, we're not quite the same. But But yeah, if you're in an area where you do have a mild climate, and the grass is growing it, topping it is, is perfect, it makes it look smarter as you say it it dries it out so so things if you 've got things like snow mold or red thread or any other of those turf diseases being a problem. If the grass dries out more quickly, it's going to lessen the incidence of those those problems. It looks nice. We are talking at the hall about maybe going around doing our edging because it's looking a bit tough. Yes. We have had some growth, you know. It's surprising. You think maybe the grass hasn't grown too much, but if you did take the mower over it and just top it, as you say, it would look infinitely better. Mm. It really would. So I think it's just a case of, as we've said before, you know, looking at your location and just seeing what the what the grass is doing and uh, definitely an edge if you've got a nice sharp edge and winter is all i think about lovely sharp lines and edges if you've got the grass looking nice and sharp as well your, your customers are only going to be happy aren't they so so yeah i don't think you're mad for the record i was only playing your <laughs> So I think it's perfectly normal. There's one job I just want to finish on, and it's for our orchards, which is a job that actually can be applied to, to actually when you start looking into it, quite a lot of uh, different deciduous trees. And that's, we we do do a winter wash on our fruit trees. Right, okay. Not just fruit trees. I know people go, oh, it's a job for fruit trees, but actually all the bushes as well. So your currants, your gooseberries, your blueberries, raspberries, all those fruits and many other species, as I said, when you start looking into this, can suffer from pests that overwinter as eggs Right. Um, predominantly it's, uh, with this it's fruit aphids now, there's many many um, fruit aphids pests that can be quite either verging from cosmetic damage right through to being quite destructive to the actual crop itself like the, the rosy apple aphid is, it can be quite destructive mm. so we, we will actually um, be winter washing our fruit trees it used to be a tar oil wash now these days it's something more, more gentle but it still is effective And you need to do it before the tree comes into any kind of growth at all because it will scorch off leaf buds or flower buds and things like that. So that's a job that does need to be completed really quite quickly. So So do you feel exhausted after that? I was going to say
0: there's loads and loads of jobs. (laughs) If the weather's good, please get out there and and uh, do the mowing at least <laughs> you won't be nuts <laughs> get the neighbors talking <laughs> if the weather's bad please think of me and lucy and the rest of the professional gardeners in the country <laughs> because we're still working our way through any of our jobs getting quite damp but you know february is a month where there's still lots to do and get ready for the year ahead so get out there do some jobs and get excited about the new season
1: That concludes today's episode. We hope you enjoyed listening and look forward to you joining us again for the next instalment. Any review you'd like to leave via your podcast provider would be gratefully received.
0: Winter is a natural time in the gardening calendar for reflection, adjustment and musing over new plans for warmer seasons ahead. So Lucy and I hope to inspire and educate with our thoughts. We'll also bring you interviews with some of the very best personalities our industry has to offer.
1: We aim to dispel the myth that gardens, and therefore gardeners, slumber in winter. We promise that in this profession nothing could be further from the truth. As two enthusiastic and passionate head gardeners, winter is a busy season in our calendar. So let us hope you keep one step ahead in this most marvellous and rewarding of careers.
0: Until the next episode of Talking Heads, goodbye! goodbye.